Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today to have the uh, CJ Coaching Coach Jeremy on the podcast today. Uh, absolute pleasure, aka Custom Physique is known by on Instagram. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. And I assure you, the pleasure is all mine today. Yeah, so it's. Um, been a long time coming. So anyone who doesn't follow Jeremy, I've, I've, me and myself and Jeremy, me and Jeremy, it's terrible English, have um, worked together for quite some time now. Um, so I've helped Jeremy with his own coaching, his own business and his own physique. And you've come a long way and we obviously know each other at, like inside out how we work. So it's um, a perfect relationship in that respect in terms of our ethos and what we're really looking to try and do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what probably a lot of people don't know is that we actually prepped for our first show together, was, which we also did on that. the same day. I was actually thinking about that today. It's very strange. And um, that was one of the questions. So we both, funnily enough, we did uh, the Miami Pro show in, was it October 2017? Yep, it was October the 23rd because it was my girlfriend's birthday and she wasn't best pleased when she found she out the date of the show. So uh, I had to make up for it afterwards. So I'll, I'll never forget the date of that show. <laughs> Here's a question for you, which I think actually someone asked. Would you compete again? Um, I would. Uh, the first time I competed, it was more to kind of like tick it off my bucket list as such because I, start, I started thinking that I put so much time and effort into my nutrition and my training, but for no real end goal other than my own personal gratification. And I thought if I'm going to do something, I might as well do it properly give myself a goal, give myself a target. And I'm very much one of those people that's quite deadline driven as well. So if you give me a target and a deadline, I will go balls to the wall to, to achieve that goal rather than just coasting without any real intent. So uh, the intention was never really to compete again after that. But then when I did it, I enjoyed myself so much that I definitely do plan on competing again, but it's just waiting for the right time. Because obviously, as you know, when you decide to do a show, it has to be your one and only focus. Yeah, yeah, everything else has to kind of fall by the wayside, which I'm not willing to do at the moment. I've got other more important things to do. Got lives to transform. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I would would definitely compete again, just sort of at the right time. Yeah, it's just progressing to the level when you're ready to do that again as well. So um, the point of today's podcast, we're going to do a Q&A for clients who've sent in and asked a few questions and bits and pieces. So we have some serious questions and some not so serious questions. Um, so we're going to start off with more of a jovial question. Uh, Jeremy is known as the Muffin Man. He started producing T-shirts to say Muffin. What was the T-shirt say again? Fueled by Muffins. Yeah, Fueled by Muffins. So question, what's your enough, fav- I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> what's your favorite uh, pre-workout muffin? This is a Charlie uh, Johnson special on, on the diet programs. Yep, definitely. Um, so I'm a huge salted caramel fan. So Where from? Uh, uh, Tesco's, actually, funnily enough. The Tesco salted caramel ones from the bakery are absolutely banging. They've got a nice, gooey, salted caramel center, but the... Outside's all nice and crusty how you like it. So well, those ones, Tesco sided caramel. That's tip of the week then for any clients who are lucky <laughs> enough to have a muffin this week. If it's not in your diet, don't eat it though. That's 
that's I'm laying down the law on that one, so is Jeremy. So hundred percent. If it's not on the plan, you're not having it. But uh, for me, I yeah. like the blueberry and double chocolate chip ones from the M&S petrol station that's near me. Like, I, I don't really venture far, so. Um, yeah, those are classics. To be fair, you can't go wrong with those. They weigh about a kilo each. Is probably why I like them. To be fair, <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> uh, okay, so now onto a more serious question. So, uh, someone's asked in regards to ins- insulin sensitivity, how to improve it, why is it important, and basically about nutrient timing. So, essentially, the approach that myself and Jeremy take with our diet program to get clients in the best shape physically possible is not going down in that keto bullshit route of you can never eat a carbohydrate <laughs> again, uh, which seems to be what's preached biblically around the world now as a marketing spiel to try and sell people training programs and diets. Um, so what we will effectively do is we will look to push carbohydrates tactically around when you're actually training. So if you think about this logically, when does your body need fuel and carbohydrates? When you're actually going to try and perform and train. So we will give you uh, carbohydrates pre-workout, an hour and a half to two hours beforehand, intra-workout normally, uh, depending on your goals, in some sort of uh, form of carbohydrate powder. We would normally recommend cyclic dextrin because it's a low molecular weight and doesn't pull blood into the stomach. Uh, like that old wives' tale where oh, your mum would tell you when you go swimming, uh, don't go swimming straight after eating lunch because you'll drown and get stomach cramps. There is some truth that obviously if you're eating a massive meal, your blood gets pulled into your stomach. Whether that's bad enough, you actually drown is probably a bit of an escalation from your parents. <laughs> um, th- yeah, there you go. That's the science behind that one. Uh, and then post-workout, we'd have a big hit of carbohydrates there where we are notoriously known for using uh, cereal as a post-workout carbohydrate choice. Uh, hence the Cocoa Pop uh, Pump t-shirts, which I'm actually funny enough wearing one now. Uh, the best type of pump. <laughs> So the reason behind using cereal post-workout, I'll let Jeremy explain this one because I've rambled on for a minute or two already. Yeah, sure. No worries. So to be fair, it could be any sort of fast-acting sugary carbs because after you've had a workout, your body is literally primed to uptake glycogen into the muscles. So anything that's quick-acting. To be, I've known people to have Haribo's, Skittles, anything that's quick-acting, but over here at CJ Coaching, we love a cereal. Uh, the reason I would, I would prefer, say, cereal is one particular, say, some people go down some other routes with other sweet confectionery goods is in terms of the digestion point of view. So um, for essentially, say, for example, a Rice Krispie or a Cocoa Pop is essentially just dried rice. So in terms of, from a digestion point of view, it's not going to cause a massive inflammatory response and not going to cause any digestive gut problems. Um, if you do have any digestive issues, you can also go down the route of having the gluten-free rice cores, which I use sometimes. I quite like the taste of them. Um, and what I would suggest something like that is you can just sprinkle a bit of stevia in there, have it with unsweetened almond milk, unsweetened coconut milk. Uh, you can mix a little bit of whey protein in there, the Muscle Nation chocolate honeycomb. If you sprinkle a bit of that on the Rice Krispies, that's probably my current favorite go-to post-workout cereal. Uh, what, what would be your cereal of choice at the moment? What's your poison? Um, I usually like switching between Cocoa Pops and Frosties, to be fair. I quite like a Frosty as well. might seem know. plain and simple, but I don't know. It's just a classic in my opinion. Yeah, I've, got, I've gone, a bit, gone a bit off those ones, if I'm honest, a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I do go through phases. I, tend, I do. They're all food, to be fair. I'll hammer something for a while, and then I'll get bored of it, and then... 
I'll go back to something else. So like I, I did that for a while. I got bored of eating chicken. So I ate white fish for like two months and then I got fed up of that. So then I go back to chicken again. I just tend to cycle. Um, yeah. You know what? I do the exact same thing because chicken for me gets boring really, really quick. Yeah. Particularly when you eat it a couple of times a day, no matter how many different ways you cook it, sometimes it's get a bit, yeah. a bit tedious a bit. And to be fair, if you have white fish, like I really like tilapia at the moment. That's so easy to cook. And it's yeah, it's so easy, easy to eat and digest. Yeah, 100%. And it's probably the closest thing to chicken that's not chicken. Yeah, it's very, very true. Very, very true. Um, so next question up, uh, what's in regards to favorite cardio types? So my two preferences personally, depending on where I'm at, um, for my own training, if I am hammering trying to get body fat off, uh, so I've had a bit of a chubby winter Christmas birthday, <laughs> it to happen every year I don't know how um, <laughs> it's good to enjoy yourself for a month or two uh, I will go in and use the cross trainer in the gym and I'll probably do 45 to 60 minutes on that and I'll just bang on motivational videos on YouTube uh, part of the reason I tend to also do it at that time of year probably through the winter is that my only other form of cardio that I like doing is I like going for a faster walk in the morning um, which obviously in the depths of the British winter isn't particularly pleasant. So no, it's not ideal. That that would be why I'd probably take up that preferential route uh, for walking more in the summer. But those would be my two cardio go tos. I've seen you've got an interesting toy that you're using for your cardio at the moment, though. Yeah, what's that? My bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally my that? favourite thing because I I actually really do enjoy it. I don't even have to force myself to go and do it. And I'm fortunate enough to live. Do you wear a helmet? Like, I don't actually wear a helmet. It's well, not very sensible of me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, so I know yeah, I'm, I'm getting you for Christmas. To, huh? I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> I've been told off more than once for. for was that, was that by your missus? <laughs> yeah, and my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Doesn't matter how old I get, my mum will still tell me off for stuff like that. Fair, same thing has happened to me, to be honest with you. <laughs> but so. yeah, I've been I've been quite lucky not to have fallen off yet, touch wood. Um, but yeah, I probably should get a helmet. What other forms of cardio do you, you into? Do you use stepper, step mill, anything else like that? No, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as you. If I'm not going around Richmond Park on my mountain bike, um, I quite like getting up, downing a quick espresso, having a glass of water, and then going straight out and having a, a quick power walk first thing in the morning. That usually no. helps wake me up. No, that's good. That's good. I think that leads into one of the next questions we have is um, someone's asked, what's, what's some of your main tips for digestion? So for me, um, actually walking is probably the greatest way to improve your digestion. So if you have digestive issues, you're bloated all the time, I would suggest go for a quick 10-minute walk after two, three meals of your day, and that will yeah. help motility and get food moving around more. And then when you first get up in the morning before eating anything, go for a walk for at least 20 minutes just to get some blood moving around, get your stomach digesting, get things moving about a little bit. And you will find that will naturally help your digestion a huge amount. Yeah, 100%. Um, um, have you got any other nuggets on digestion that you want to share? I've got a couple I can throw into the mix. Yeah, I've got a couple because um, I suffer with IBS. So optimizing my digestion is something that I'm consistently looking into. And uh, particularly when I'm bulking, because obviously intaking that amount of food is quite hard on the old digestive system. But um, fair, when we yeah. were uh, pushing your food up, because obviously I run Jeremy's uh, diet, we, we went pretty high on the calories. It was 
Well, you, you, you were touching pretty high on there, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know it was pretty high. Yeah, it was touching just below. On the high days, it was just under the old 6,000 calorie mark, I think, at one point. Which is an oppressive feat, to be fair. And your, your weight was pretty stagnant at that as well. Yeah, I know. That's the worst thing. <laughs> I, I did hear from a notorious source that you got known as the Muffin Man around the gym, I think, as well. Yeah, I did. Everyone was very envious of my pre- and post-workout muffins. So I had this uh, conversation earlier as well with uh, one of my other podcasts we recorded today. Would you, like a lot of people are very curious about why you do something that's slightly different. And obviously if you're not experienced, people feel insecure about that. And obviously you're an experienced trainer, so you'd never get that. But do you get a lot of people asking, oh, why are you doing that? Yeah, all the time. Um, and to be fair, even though I'm an experienced trainer, sometimes it still does make you question why you're doing it. Yeah. Even though you'll probably know exactly why in your head and you're extremely confident as to why you're doing it because obviously you're doing it. Yeah. But um, when someone starts questioning you, it can be something that makes you question yourself. And but, I think, um, again, that almost leads back again to the point of why the accountability of having a coach is so important because it takes the guesswork out of things and the, not to swear, the mind fuckery away from it. Whereas like your own emotions in that situation can sometimes do you damage where you're like, say if... I don't know, you're on a diet and your mom's like, oh, you're not eating enough, you look really thin, blah, 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 blah. Like, you'll be like, if you're coaching yourself, oh, maybe, maybe I am looking thin. Uh, yeah, 100%. I need, I need to eat some more food. I've lost a lot of muscle mass. And then you just binge. And, and, and like that's where having accountability, someone from the outside looking in to tell you, look, you need more food, you don't need more food, and just trying to helpfully maintain that relationship with your mind and your body and food all in equilibrium uh, is a very, very important process. And that's one of the main things that myself and Jeremy specialize in is helping keep clients accountable, on track, happy and healthy for the longer run. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I mean, I think you'll agree with this and you're pretty much the same anyways, but I think we not only talk the talk, but we walk the walk in that I will always have a coach, no matter how advanced yeah. I get or how much I think I know. I, for that exact reason, I myself will always have a coach. And I don't know if you'd agree with the same thing with me. Like I find um, having external accountability, it takes stress and pressure off my shoulders. So it's not, I feel like it's just not me having to try and work out everything myself, if that makes sense. Even though I know what yeah. to do, I would, I would say this is what I think. What do you think? Yeah, 100%. And then I think another big thing for me, I don't know whether anyone else finds this, but I find it a lot easier to let myself down than to let someone else down. Yeah, it's that so accountability. If someone else, yeah. You don't, want to fa- you don't want to feel like a failure to them and let them down. Yeah. Pride things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. It's like that whole thing if you're in a, like back in the day playing football, rugby, you don't want to let the team down, the side down. You don't want to be the one who, who fucking balls it up and, I don't know, you're playing cricket and you get yourself out for for a golden duck first bloody ball. Or yeah. Really. Um, that's, that's probably about the only cricket terminology that I understand. <laughs> golden <laughs> duck. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone doesn't know from Jeremy's jazzy surname, he's got a French background. I don't think if cricket isn't a big French sport, I don't believe is it. Croquet. Yeah, exactly. That's probably <laughs> about the extent. That's the closest thing that gets to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next question up. So I'll let you go this one first. How do you stay motivated? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, to be fair, probably the thing that motivates me the most is when I'm seeing results consistently um, on, a, on a weekly basis of my training. There's, 
there's nothing else that motivates me more than progress. Um, but f- luckily for me, I can motivate myself fairly easily, I'd say. But I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, so I know some people that quite regularly turn to YouTube videos um, to help motivate themselves or some of the films that have come out like Pumping Iron and Generation Iron and stuff, they're always quite good for, for a bit of motivation. But I think another thing that I like to do is to visualize. So if you start visualizing the end result, the ideal end result, um, and this can be translated into anything really, it doesn't even have to be like physique goals, it could be anything to do with your life. But if you start really, really visualizing and picturing your ideal scenario for whatever it is that you want and really start believing that you can get there, I find that's quite a big motivator. I agree. Uh, for me, like I put on my Instagram story about this the other day, just saying like, like the, thinking about the why, if, why, if you do, why, why you're doing everything, the yeah. why behind everything. So like, if I, if I can I like to sit before I go to the gym for a minute and just think, think why, why am I here? What am I going in here to try and achieve? What is the point of this next hour and a half? And then think about what I want out of this, where I want to be in three months, six months, a year's time, like physically and mentally. And that in itself, I then suddenly, when you can think, okay, this is what I want to achieve. This gym session is going to take me one step closer to being there. This is what I need to do in each individual set. And you just visually almost, you take yourself through it beforehand. So when you go in there, it's almost like you've done it already. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I'm a big believer that because like, this is going to get maybe a little bit deep, but um, because everything's built up of like atoms and energy and electricity, I think the energy that you put out and the feelings that you feel and think of, whatever you put out into the atmosphere will, will come back to you. I'm a big believer in that. I agree 100%. And that's one of the reasons why I can't listen or can't have negativity around me at all. So I have to cut off completely. Like I can't have the news running in the background. I don't want to hit, like it sounds hard. I know bad things happen in the world, but like people getting stabbed in central London doesn't help me or my life because I can't affect or stop that. So I don't, not that I don't care, but me knowing about that on a constant basis creates a fear mentality. And I don't want fear and negativity in my life. I want positivity and open-mindedness. So I can away from me. My mind is purely positive and open and I can achieve anything I want. Mate, I'm exactly the same. Ever since I stopped working in the city, I've literally stopped reading and watching the news for that exact yeah. reason. And life is a million it, times better. Yeah, it, it brings nothing to my life no. other than thinking about negative things and getting annoyed about stuff. So I just cut it out. Which you can And I don't miss well. it. I'm not missing out on anything. No. So, not at all. Not at all. Um, so next question. So uh, someone's asked how to improve your blood pressure. So um, mine got a little bit high last year when I was working full time, managing my coaching business, training loads and trying to do too many things at the same time. Um, and the few things that will help to improve your blood pressure. Some of these are super simple. Number one is lose weight. If you're overweight, your blood pressure will be higher. So that's a very straightforward go-to. Number two is if you use nasal strips when you sleep. If you sleep and you snore and you can't breathe properly through your nose and you breathe through your mouth, that will mean you have higher blood pressure because when you breathe, you're supposed to breathe through your nose. And I think it's like 70 to 80% of your nitrogen oxide production comes through your nasal cavity, which helps uh, vasodilation so your blood vessels relax. 
which reduces your blood pressure. So if you can use the nasal strips, which I do now constantly, you'll be able to sleep and breathe better, improve the quality of your sleep and also reduce your blood pressure. So that's probably the easiest tip you'll ever get. Um, that has literally like changed my life, my like just that one thing alone massively. And yeah. I use an app called Sleep Cycle as well as my Uber Ring. And it showed since I've started using those, my sleep quality has improved 10%, uh, where I can actually breathe like properly at night. Interesting. And plus, I don't have a really pissed off wife because I'm snoring all the time. So that's also... <laughs> um, so those would be two tips. Uh, thirdly, would be get your diet on point. Don't eat junk food and processed crap, which pretty much everyone would know anyway. Fourth would be to try the kidney and blood pressure stack by Supplement Needs. is very, very good at reducing blood pressure. So that has pretty much everything you need in it. If anyone wants it, if you use the code CJ, I think it gives you 5% off. Uh, but I would use that religiously as a health product. It's very, very good. Uh, I don't think you've got anything else to add to that. I think that's pretty covered on that basis. Yeah, pretty much. The only other thing that I'd add on to that is trying to reduce stress. Actually, that, that, was, that, was, the, yeah. that was the obvious one that I missed. I went well above yeah. that. It, it's the obvious one, but probably the most difficult one to do. Yeah, and that's probably the one, to be honest with you, that's the one that I don't deal with enough myself. It's like controlling things and... I'll tell you one tip that I think I found has helped me a lot recently is if anyone has a lot going on in their life, then write everything down. So I write a list like before I go to bed. So then it helps me take that out of my brain. So I don't have to try and remember it the next day, if that makes sense. hundred percent. Anything that helps you get stuff out of your brain allows your brain capacity to move on and think about other things. And literally just having it on paper so that you know that you won't forget it. It's there when you need to refer to it. If you need to refer to it, it just allows your brain to move on. 100%. The uh, crazy. other time I've, I've had a few weird instances of that. I'm waking up in the night with like random like genius ideas of doing something and then I can't sleep. So I end up scrabbling around having to find a pen to write it down. But um, although like your other half might think you're a weirdo, that does work incredibly well to get you to go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I couldn't that, agree more with that. That would be a top tip uh, from both of us. Yeah. Um, let's have a look. Last few questions coming up. So we've got, uh, someone's asked, people adding discs under their ankles, I think they mean feet, when doing squats. Why? This is to raise their heels to then load more their quads. So biomechanically, if you find when you squat, you load a lot of your uh, lower back, this would actually do you some advantage. So you're using like a wedge to try and lift your heels up. Um, actually, we should do a YouTube video on this together, Jeremy. We'll cover this, I think, in more depth. I think it's a little bit difficult to try and explain on a podcast. Um, yeah, definitely. Because it, it is quite a biomechanical answer, really, because it does help completely change the squat mechanics and actually allows people to get a lot more depth more easily. You can move a lot easier when you've got ankles raised. 100%. I, particularly like some of me, I've got long long femurs for my size and I don't have very good ankle mobility. So I'm not a great natural squatter in that respect. So that would help me. Uh, it does help me to no extent to be fair. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, two more questions. So next question. Now you have Jeremy on board. What's next for you? Where do you see yourself a year from now? What's next for CJ coaching brand? So uh, the idea between myself and Jeremy and creating more of a team is to try and help and transform as many people as possible. Try and, advocate as healthy lifestyle as we can improve as many people as we can possible within the time frames we have between the two of us um which is an exciting venture um 
what's coming up from that more is that I want to create more educational content. I'm going to be creating uh, some educational programs to help teach people how to eat, how to train, how to lift, um, which will run aside alongside our coaching, just try and help our clients more and provide more value. So that's one of the things we have in the pipeline, um, which will help all the CJ coaching clients, uh, which will be an exciting project coming in the next few months. Something I'd like to do as well, which I haven't quite fathomed how I'm going to do this. Like, I would love to be able to help in terms of children's nutrition and education, educating, actually educating children and young teens from an early age how to eat and look after their bodies. Because I think for me, I think that's where no one is really taught this at school. And I think everyone goes wrong from an early age and they're set off a bad, from a bad start. And it's not parents' fault or anyone else's fault because no one's necessarily been taught correctly how to do this um, yeah, 100% I think if that's something that we can nip in the bud from the start then people will live happier and healthier lives and we'll have a more positive world going forward so um, yeah that's something you know I was actually thinking do. of something similar the other day because I started thinking um, and this is why we work together Jeremy yeah mate literally you're, you're gonna I mean you are gonna believe it but it is quite funny how our minds literally work so similar um i was going for a walk the other day and i walked past the family and their kids were quite overweight and they were just young kids and um it did make me feel bad for them and i started thinking i, I started thinking to myself when i have kids if my kids start getting to a point like that despite my best efforts to to try and keep them healthy and give them a nice nutritious healthy diet how would i manage that because I'm obviously not going to put them on a massive cardio plan. Uh, I'm not going to restrict their food massively like you would with an adult. So I think that's another thing that could be quite interesting if we come up with some sort of educational document that helps the parents as well as the kids to deal with if their kids are starting to get more on the uh, overweight side, how to deal with it from their end as well as educating the kids themselves. Yeah, 100%. I think that's something we will have uh, down the line. Obviously, we've got the CJ coaching seminar, which is coming up hotly in 10th of August. Um, but like, I, I would love, I was thinking about this today when I was walking past schools, I'd love to be able to go into schools, hospitals, and just talk and try and provide some value and help people. Um, so that's food for thought. If anyone has any ideas about how, Myself or Jeremy or CJ coaching team can go about this by all means drop us a message because it's something we're very, very passionate about, which is helping people. So um, we're all ears and we just want to provide value to you guys and everyone as much as we can. Um, but I, I think we'll, we'll finish up there for the episode on that one, unless you've got anything. Yeah, no, I think that's quite a nice note to finish it on, to be yeah, fair. So we'll call it, a day, call it a day there. Um, we will have probably one of these come at least once a month with myself or Jeremy every two weeks. Um, Sweet. So just let us know what you guys think. Any other topics you want us to cover in the next one? And we will catch up with you all soon.